Welcome to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. Last week, we prepared you for the Eastern and Western semifinals. This week, you'll never believe it, but we're going to prepare you for the Eastern and Western finals to see who earns themselves a trip to play in the 109th Grey Cup in Saskatchewan. With me this week, Tyler, Matt, say hello, guys. What's happening? What's up? We're excited this week because what we're going to do is we're going to tell you first and foremost what the two recently eliminated teams, the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Calgary Stampeders, need to do in the offseason so that they don't see the same fate again in 2023. And then we're going to move on to the, or to the conference final, division finals. We're going to talk players to watch. We're going to talk storylines. We're going to give our preds. It's going to be good all around. Guys, before we start, give me a general feeling of what you thought of the semifinal games. I was I right about were... one and wrong about the other. <laughs> I thought they were both great. Really? Um, yeah, I, I, I thought this was a, I thought it was a good showcase for, um, for the CFL. Uh, you get... Four good teams together, and and just I I, I was impressed, uh, especially after the week we had with um, the All Stars. Oh. I guess that was last week. And they then, needed a good show. No, that was the lead then, up to these. Lead, to and then we had a, yeah. and then the the Grey Cup announcement of half of Florida Georgia line for the halftime show. Or as Glenn Suter said on the broadcast, <laughs> Georgia Florida line can't be the only one who caught that. Which I thought I, lo- I loved because it's like, dude, just don't say anything. You don't have to say they're good. Just say nothing. That's like the uh, CFL LCF. Maybe you just got confused. La Ligne de Georges de Flore. Um, okay. Yeah, I so liked, I, I thought for, that, me, for me, I, liked, I, I just liked that Dave Dickinson continued to do the things that I hate. Proving me right to just season after season. Um, yes. <laughs> are you are you still with us? I'm just <laughs> so I am I am, I am si- so can I just can I, can, can I just get the rant? Tyler. Can I just get the rant? No no no, no. we're gonna get to the rant. We got it, Tyler. Hot, I'm hot under the collar. I enjoy the games though. The games are good. Listen, it's so good to have Rourke back. Do you think the stones open up with satisfaction, Tyler? Yeah, you got to <laughs> get the people into the show a little bit. Because what I'll say is I am, and I'm not going to preempt Tyler, but I will say I was, my reaction after the games finished was I felt like we were robbed of what could have been a truly special weekend of games. Yes. Hmm. Because there was just some um, ineptitude. Uh, Some coaches not calling the right plays. It seems that there were opportunities left on the field on both sides that if they had been taken advantage of, we could have really been in for a, a treat. And so I was frustrated. Um, but I mean, I think that's, I did it to myself. I was frustrated because I was fixated on what could have been. Well, what was, looking back on it now, was pretty dang solid, I gotta say. And it, and it only gets me more excited for this weekend. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't love a, t- a playoff team with, with five turnovers in a playoff game. I mean, I don't, I don't. Is that not it. good? No, because the game that game should have been probably a little bit closer. Um, that really that really made it not close. Um, yes. 
So the, I think we were, again, maybe, maybe robbed of some tighter contests because of what you talked about. So yes, the, the, the teams that won put out good performances, but uh, because of the ineptitude of the teams that lost, they didn't have to put together great performances yes. to win. They put together sort of half performances, which I will be honest, for both teams that won, if they play the way they played in these games, they will probably not win their next games. I think that is a great point and also a great segue into let's talk about the division semifinals. First, we'll start in the East, where the Tiger Cats traveled to Montreal. Al's got out to a big lead early, 14-3 to in the first quarter, and they were able to sustain that lead, even though it was all even from there on out. Eventually, the Owls win 28-17. to So what we're going to do here... As I'm sure it'll come up in conversation, we'll talk a little bit about the game. But what we're mainly going to focus on is what Hamilton needs to do in the offseason so that they don't face an outcome like this again. Uh, Tyler, kick us off, because this was your idea. What do you think Hamilton needs to figure out? What's their number one concern? Number one concern for Hamilton going into the offseason is, is Dane Evans your quarterback? Or are you going to pretend that a two-quarterback system works? Do you care to elaborate? I mean, this game was exemplary of, of if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Um, well, yeah, quarter- especially these two quarterbacks specifically. Yeah, exactly. Matt, say, say what you said to the group chat. That, that Matt Schiltz and Dane Evans are the same quarterback. <laughs> I mean, even their, even their stat lines are... Similar. <laughs> it was it was so it was, it was like so true like when when they utilize Schiltz as more of a runner I again we've had this conversation already this year when they utilize Schiltz as a runner that's an interesting wrinkle but when they bring him in to just do what Dane Evans has done that doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense well and, and there's no the the pro, I mean my big one Tyler. I, I, I don't want to take over and left if you're not done. Is it a second receiver besides Tim White? <laughs> no, because they've got Stephen Dunbar. Uh, but getting uh, Stephen Dunbar a catch. You have to yeah, just throw earlier. the receiver, receivers other than Tim White. Uh, it, you can't give Tim White 12, 12 targets and Dunbar next at six. Yeah, That's a little too uneven. So the, 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 big, the big catch with running Matt Schiltz as a running quarterback is what – Hamilton's going to need to develop is a run game. Oh, you, stole They've got, you stole what I was going to say. Of course. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> like this last game, they had uh, nine rushes for uh, 37 yards. Yes. And, and, and how, what <laughs> They're not even attempting it. I mean, this, this is like, this is, this is Dave Dickinson's wet dream. He's like, oh, my God. I didn't even think a team could rush so little in a game. He's got his mind, the wheels are turning. He's like this. This could be interesting, but yeah, there, there's no there's no excitement there, and they it's not like they don't have the players. I think I don't know what to think anymore about Sean Thomas Erlington, um, but I think Don Jackson and Wes Hills are both more than competent at their their gigs, but they have to be u- utilized, right? Yeah. And uh, so they- th- that's the big miss here. Yeah, I mean, Wes Hills was averaging 6.8 yards per carry on Sunday. Like, that's good. And especially a player of his stature and size, like, he's a bruiser who, in theory, is only going to get better the more carries you give him and wear down that defense. 
and something I always talk about for our loyal listeners um, is taking pressure off the quarterbacks by establishing the running game. And not, not even maybe establishing the running game, but just letting the defense think that a run may be coming. But the right. Montreal defense wasn't concerned with that in the slightest. They sacked the Hamilton QB six times, pressured them on many more. And Hamilton, this is what's frustrating. This was a one-score game well into the fourth quarter. That is plenty of time to run the ball. I feel like teams in the <laughs> CFL are, and I get it. It is obviously, it is obviously a passing league. But teams are so quick to just be like, "Fuck or forget it." We cannot run the ball anymore. We can't. We're down by four points. It's like what? What are we? When you're averaging, when you're starting running backs averaging six point eight yards per carry, I, I would sign up for more of those. That it was so frustrating to see Hamilton have so many opportunities. I mean, the Hamilton defense holds Montreal to six points in the second half. That's a solid, solid, solid performance. And the offense just does absolutely jack with it. Oh, and it because they just take some pressure off your QBs, give them some time, allow the receivers to get open. I mean, a receiver other than Tim White didn't get a reception till the middle of the third quarter. Like, that's, that should be elite. Who's face, somebody should face criminal charges for that. <laughs> it's, so it's, let's figure out what we're doing with that in the offseason. Um, because if you can't figure that out with the way that this line uh, couldn't, couldn't stop pass rushes, pass rushes many times this season, then it's not going to really matter who's at quarterback because he's just going to be getting hit way too often. Yeah. But speaking of quarterback, I want to circle back around to Tyler's point. Like, do you think they pulled the plug on the Evans? We're going to have a lot of quarterbacks out there. You know, Bo, Fajardo. Um, possibly they just say, no, Schultz is going to be our... Like, but I don't feel as if Evans has played poorly enough, although he clearly had a bad season. I don't feel he played poorly enough for them to completely pull the plug on on the Evans as their guy. I think he probably still goes into next season as a starter, if I'm being honest. Now, I, well, I, I didn't feel that way last week, and he put on a bad performance where he got benched, but I still just, I don't see them, I don't see them going away from him. No, I, I, I don't think they should. Um there are there are weirdly not a ton of things to, ch- to that need to be changed about the Hamilton team, right? They've got to figure out the run game. Um, they've got to figure out how to utilize their quarterbacks, but they've still got a, an incredible receiving squad. Um, you know, they made the playoffs. They had a, they had a good season. Yeah, well, they pulled it, they pulled it um, together they, late. They yeah. yeah, they pulled together. You know, they had a, a season that. You know, they, they kind of snatched a, a good season from the jaws of a bad season, which is, you know, that's got to feel good for the guys that, okay, we faced some adversity. We didn't have the start we thought we would, um, but we, we figured it out yes. going into to 2023. But, you know, at the same time, the way – it's not so much the way that it's the team is constituted, it's the way that it, it's being utilized. And, and that's 
that's uh, not who they are. It's what they do. Right. And and so that they've got the running backs, but they don't use them. They've got the quarterbacks, but just the way that you know, and it's all interconnected, right? If you run more, you draw, you give less pressure to yes. to Dane Evans. You know, if you are, you know, as, as you you can work your short yardage receivers more often if those linebackers um, are are needing to spy a running back. Like so, all these things work together. Yes. Um, I agree. So I think that just I, I think that little change could yield some uh, some huge dividends. Yes, I agree. Take some cues from the Alouettes. Give the ball to your running backs, and then that frees up T. Harris to sling the rock around. <laughs> Any parting shots on the Hamilton Ticats before we bid them adieu until next year? Tyler, Matt, we're done with them. You're lucky. You're lucky. You're in the East. Be gone from me, Hamilton. <laughs> All right. And now we move our attention to the Calgary Stampeders, <sighs> who fell to the BC Lions by a score of 30 to 16 this past Sunday at BC Place. The house was absolutely rocking. At times. Nathan Rourke was incredible at times. He struggled a little bit. He still ended the day 22-30 for 321 yards, two touchdowns. Bo Levi Mitchell came in in an absolute, from a movie. Who could have predicted this, I ask? Does anybody answer? I could have predicted this. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I knew Bo would have to come in and try to save the season. And my only takeaway is that they waited too late. He nearly did. Like, I, give the I, man a full half. This give was, the man a full half. This was the rocky moment. Like, this was those that like, first deep ball to the sideline. <laughs> we'll get to t- saying what they need to do right, but we've got to talk about Bo. He like he, it was it was right there, and unfortunately, oh. just couldn't capitalize. And once oh. that first series didn't get into the end zone, it was like, okay, game's over. Thanks for playing. But God, I really did feel like for that possession, I was flying. <laughs> it, was, it was in. It's like Bo is just gonna come back, and then what happens? Like then, what an off season, right? Oh God, the like, drama. Like what do they do? Like they've already paid Jake. That's perfect. That's what we're asking. So what? What? What's? The, what are they got to figure out in the off season? Kick us off, Matt. They Jake Mayer's their guy. Obviously, they paid him. Yes. Well, so. It's it's unfortunately no longer interesting because if Bo wins them this game awesome. and then takes them, I think to the Grey Cup. If they can, if they were to win against Winnipeg, not even I don't even think he would need to win the Grey Cup. But if he t- if he took them to the Grey Cup, then I think you, they seriously have to talk about. Would that be the single craziest thing to trading in like the history Jake of pro Mayer. sports? I think that would be amazing because they paid Jake. <laughs> they would have to. They'd have to move him. Like they could not have Bo and Jake on their their, their payroll, and Jake has to go. Well, so because what I would say to that is, <laughs> I think that this is. Could can you imagine a rockier way to start the tenure of your next franchise quarterback? His final no. next time he's the full time next year he is the full time starter with no security blanket behind him. 
Well, I, just, I you got to think that's what the defensive lineman in game one next year is. <laughs> They're just chirping, Jakey boy, Bo's not here to save you. It's Dude, all you, like, man. That is, that is, <laughs> and I'm like, I th- not that Mayor doesn't handle it like a pro, and I think he's, you know, saying all the right things in, in the post game interviews, but like, that is an incredibly bad place to start from. It's hard. It's hard for a guy to. Dude, that is rough. <laughs> to, to stomach that. Tyler, thoughts? Do you want my thoughts on the game first, or do you want me to t- thoughts on what Calgary needs to improve on in the offseason? Dude, cut your promo. The floor is yours. I'm annoyed. I'm not happy. I'm upset. My my problem is the game script from Calgary. I think I we talked I talked about it on the pod last week. There was with with Rourke playing in this game, the game script was very clear on what Calgary needed to do to be successful. They needed to run the ball and control the clock. They were not going to outscore Nathan Rourke in this offense. BC has better receivers. There's no there's no doubt there. Dom Rimes was their third receiver in this game. That tells you like the depth they have on, on in that position. Uh, Calgary's very top-heavy in receiver. You kind of have Malik Henry and Reggie Bagleton, and then there's a big fall-off. They're kind of like Hamilton in that respect. They've got like two guys, and then there's like a huge drop-off. BC is stout. But Burnham is their fourth receiver in this game. That tells you how good that receiving core is. And then you work on top of that. But the advantage you have is you have the CFL's best running back, Kadeem Carey. Kadeem Carey... When the score was six to six, almost at the end of the first, by the end of the first half, had four carries. You cannot let your best offense. He's your best offensive player. Jake Mayer is a good quarterback, but Kadeem Carey is your best offensive player. You cannot, in good conscience, only give him the ball four times. It's just not good enough. It'd be eight, one eight thing, times. It'd be, he got the ball eight times. I know he got eight in the whole game, but he only had yes. four. He only had four, four or five in the first half, and then he only had three in the second half. I know yeah. the game script was not by the second half. Like you know, what was it thirteen to six at halftime? You don't have to abandon. I, I just I'm. I feel like I, I mean I've been repeating the same thing for for two years now. Oh, this but, is every game with the Stampeders, and it's, I will say it's, <laughs> it's shocking. It's so it's so dumb. And the thing is, he, okay, to all the points you mentioned about this game, right? It's Jake Mayer's first playoff game. Really, he hasn't even played a full season of games yet, right? So this is his most hostile environment. BC is is the better team. They're the seated higher team. They've already, you know, Rourke has torched them before. Like you thought they would have learned from that mistake, but they didn't. They act, they threw Mayor to the wolves. They didn't establish. What do you do to calm down crowds? You you move the chains. You keep the, the your offense on the field to sort of keep the atmosphere down. I mean, yes, absolutely. Maybe, yeah, big plays for touchdowns are great, but then then you get then you get into this battle with BC where you're trying to who's going to out big play each other, and you're going to lose that game. And so instead of just moving the chains. And, and keeping the offense on the field and keeping, more importantly, Nathan Work off the field, they didn't do it. And so here we are again with a Calgary team who uh, I – good defense. Like, I mean, yeah, they were sloppy in this game. They had eight penalties to BC's three. But time of possession should – if you have the better running game, your time of possession should not be 34 minutes to 26 minutes. Just It just – it can't be. you got to – because you look at it, first downs – yeah, okay, 
but most of that stuff came once the game once the game was gone already for me. Um, and you and you kind of took Mayer out of it just by you know shaking his confidence. You know, I guess give BC defense credit; they played very well. They were ready for Mayer. He had played against played very well against them twice already this season, uh, but this time he he did not catch them by surprise. Um, so so what does Calgary need in the off season? I mean, if I'm being like jokey guy, like they need a new coach. I, I know. <laughs> of course, you've got to say it. I've got to say it. They need a new coach, but I know that's not going to happen, right? Um, so I'm left saying, I guess they need they need a maybe a second receiver who's not going to be turning 30 years old. Um, they they need a third option Ooh. on the receiving. They need a third option on the receiving side, um, and on defense, uh, I, I guess they could use maybe. Some improvement at cornerback. I, I mean, if they're going to compete with with B, it, it, I don't know. Is Rourke going to go to the NFL? I don't know. But if Rourke is coming back next year, Calgary needs to to beef up their secondary. So their secondary is still pretty good. I know, like, but but you're just going to that, or you got to invest in you got to invest in the pass rush because I, I will it, say to to Calgary's credit defensively, there were many many times when Rourke dropped back. And nobody was open. Like, how many times in the game did he just stand there in the pocket and eventually, you know, would get pressured or got sacked? We're not times? even talking about his who is their like, most, most accurate quarterback and, in the game. And Antonio Calgary, Cal- Exactly. <laughs> one for one. A great play call, by the way. A great which, play in call. the light of Calgary's really bad fourth and one play call in the first quarter. Fourth uh, and one, gross. We don't, we don't sorry, do that. We don't do that here. <laughs> Edit button. <laughs> Third and one, where you've got so this this happened when it was still tied three three, uh, and Calgary has got the ball on the BC thirty one yard line, and instead of just running it with Stevens, who's just like a Herculean figure, they tried this like fancy end around pitch to Malik Henry that stupid. was so stupid. Out. Don't that throw was, the ball for really, don't throw the ball further backwards when you're trying to get really a, frustrating. A, a yard. Yeah. Don't don't but go then, backwards. Go forward. Pipkin obviously, who's very similar, he showed how to correctly run a uh, trick play or not a trick play, but a uh, surprise play on third and one. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my takeaway is the same thing Tyler said, and I want to I want to say I want to add something to Tyler's rant, just because you know I I was not as frustrated as Tyler, but I was certainly frustrated. Uh, but Mayer was asked in the post-game press conference, um, I, I forget this reporter's name, but they asked, quote, what was it about the run game that struggled today? End quote. Just that simple. And Mayer, you know, gave the answer like BC ran a few stunts. They like did some and yada yada. And, you know, we got behind. And I just wanted him to be like nothing. The run game didn't struggle. We were averaging 6.1 yards per carry. We were dominating. They just stopped calling run plays. Just like, get ahead of get ahead of the chains. I mean, okay. I, I, my my read on Mayer too at this point, like after seeing him play this much, is that he's not a he's not a Huckett guy. He's a very he's oh, a more he he's a, not a Huckett guy. He's an no. he, he's an intermediate, ac- accurate, very accurate intermediate passing game guy, which is not a, it's not a knock on him at all. Actually, it's it's fine. But combined with a good running back, that's actually a great recipe for success, right? You get into these. You, you get into these either uh, second and manageables, either using the intermediate, like the short passing game or the run game, and then you have these like second and threes, second and fours. Love, you guys will love this, though. 
<laughs> Sir, you're going to love this. <laughs> in the fourth quarter, Calgary either, on their plays from scrimmage, were either 10 yards to gain, 8 yards to gain, 17 yards per gain to gain, or 1 yard to gain. Nothing in between. They had no chunk. They had no 6. They had no 5-yard gains. They had no... They had no seven-yard gains on first down. Either they got nothing on first down due to incomplete passes, they had a penalty on first down, uh, or they got right up to the line and had just a, a quick sneak to get over. But it was, it was shocking, like, how they just disregarded, as Tyler was saying, like, why, why do they not see value in second and manageable? Why don't they see value in, like in Kadeem, in Kadeem, 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 Kadeem Carey? I, I don't understand. They deep go into away. The they, game, I feel like a second and five is a good thing. A second and four is a good thing when you're averaging six. It opens up the pl- it opens up the playbook. You can yeah. you can run different route trees for the receivers when you when you're in these second and tens and stuff or second and eight pluses. You you have. Your play calling all of a sudden gets halved. Like all these plays that you might come up with to get people open are now kind of you kind of lose that. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. It was incredibly frustrating. I was frustrated because I really do like Kadeem Carey is awesome. He's an awesome player. The CFL he's, is he's an elite player in the CFL. Uh, the he's CFL kind of a uh, friend of the friend of the pod by proxy. By proxy, thanks, Jeff. Um, and so. Uh, <laughs> It's just Dickinson, for some reason, does not see – and when the lights are brightest, he does not see the value in uh, this. You know, I, I'm just – I'm really disappointed. You're, you're at a loss for words. I'm really disappointed. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to get you some stats on, uh, from last season, but I, let's let's maybe mark move forward. on. I mean, yeah, Kadeem yeah, okay, well, Let's get to the point. What, 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 what 15 does, times what, a game. What do you yeah. think? Yes, exactly. It, what it do is you... shocking. So they stand, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe we've transitioned to a vibes pod rather than a stats pod, which I think is superior form of watching the sport. But they were second in the league in carries this season mm-hmm. over the 21-week, you know, 18-game season. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have the best running back in the league. Yeah, it yes. never felt. How can it never feel like they were properly l- utilizing him though? Because they were because also, a, they were also giving a ton of carries to his his backup. Well, Who no, is, but even in games when Kadeem was just the main guy, it's like eleven carries. Why he never is utilized in a fashion where it's just like, no, we are going to let Kadeem just run the show from here on out. It never feels like they have that trust in him, which I is is it, it, it doesn't make any sense considering all the stats would tell them that they should have that sort of trust in him. But it never <laughs> feels like that. It never feels like that. No, nah, very frustrating. All right, be gone, Calgary. Yeah, be gone. I, I be, gone bump, be gone because I think I think you got buried. I do want to bump word. Tyler's. Add a receiver because you've got a great veteran receiver in Reggie Bagleton and a really great young receiver in Malik Henry. There will be some NFL interest. That would be a huge loss. But unfortunately, Kamar Jordan had a down year. If he can bump back up, I think that's great. But developing uh, Jalen Philpott, um, 
developing Lu- Luther. <laughs> I can I I look at the name. I can never Hakuna say Vanu. it. Correctly. Hakuna Vanu. Yeah. Developing these guys is going to go a long way because yeah, currently, especially if you're not going to be if you're not running the ball, they don't have the lineup. You know, the depth of BC is insane. Like to it's, to it's just un- say okay, lucky Whitehead's out. Like, what are we going to do? Uh, why don't we just have Alexander Hollins uh, get, you know, go off for 73 yards and, and haul in a TD? Um, and then to have Brian Burnham, like, come off the, you know, you know, kind of have his, his resurgence and ha- still do the same kind of crazy okay. circus crap well, dude, he did. I, I want to give you, I want to give you, I, I was looking, I was putting like on one relegated second. to nothingness. Well, because it's just so like, deep. Oh, really? Exactly. That, no, for no other reason than depth. <laughs> Can I can I, can I inter- can I interject real quick? I was Absolutely. looking for the I was looking for the box score of this game. I was looking for the box score of last year's Western semi. Bo Levi Mitchell's stat line: two, 26 of thirty six, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Kadeem Carey twenty two carries for one hundred and seventeen yards and two touchdowns, and they ended up losing by three points in sort of a thriller. Um, but that just goes to show you what you can do if you give this guy the ball. You like they should have done that. You just that you just must give him the ball. He, you it's did it last hard. year, and unfortunately, you lost. But you lost because your defense. You didn't lose because the offense. You, you put up thirty points. You know, running the ball twenty-two times. That was yeah. that was that was the recipe for this game, and they just they ignored they ignored it. They they zigged when they should have zagged. Last thing. Oh, you just reminded me though. I will say because we talked about. Our friend, uh, Kadeem Carey's backup, Diedrich Mills. I really hope, A, I think, I hope he's a free agent. Yeah, he should go to another team. And I hope he goes to the East. Yes. All of the good running backs are in the West. Now that, you know, we're getting stand back healthy, but certainly this year, the disparity in, and we're a run, we are a run game podcast. It's what we love. We are hard nosed. And I need the hard-nosed football to be spread evenly between the divisions. So I hope Diedrich gets a nice payday and maybe goes to the Ottawa Red Blacks Ooh. or the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I think they need to figure out something. Although I like Wes Hills. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my final word. All right, anybody, final word on the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, BC just, you know, they're better. They're better. They're better. All right. With that being said, we move on. First, the Eastern Semi. It's going to be in Toronto. I'm sure it's going to be held in front of a bunch of people who take for granted the Argos and are, you know, complaining about, we should really have an NFL team in Toronto. Something like that. Basically, my point is that Toronto doesn't deserve a game of this magnitude. (laughs) The season series is 2-1 Toronto. But in reality, it's actually more like 2-0 Toronto. Because that Week 21 matchup that Montreal won was really a backup fest. Mm. Margin of victory in their two meaningful matchups this year was two points. Toronto won by one both times. And what's kind of weird is their first matchup was Toronto's first game of the season in Week 2. And their second matchup was the last competitive game Toronto played in Week 20. So you really caught Toronto at two complete other ends of the spectrum. They win both by one. Of course, that final game week 20 of this week or this season, they won on a rouge, which is certainly one way to get the job done. Okay, the slate is set now. I will go 
first, no preds. I just want the player you are watching in this matchup. I will start. Jake Winicky. If he can provide 70-plus yard performance, more maybe more important than the yards, if he can rack up seven receptions and be just a reliable target for Harris underneath while Geno and Hergy and maybe Philpot are blowing the top off long and Jake is just finding the creases, I think that adds a completely different flavor. Him showing up this past Sunday, five receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown was huge, something we've been waiting for all season for Montreal. So for me, it's Wieneke is the player to watch in this matchup. Are we also doing a storyline after this, or is that... After this. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well come on. <laughs> We're building to the bread. It's um, layered. I, I got you. I got you from one. Okay. I'm going to go... Can I do two? I want to do two. Uh, DB Jamal Peters against Geno Lewis. I love that. Jamal Peters is very good. He had six picks this year. He's probably going to be lined up on Geno. I don't know if they're going to just like have him like follow him around. Or they're going to like put him like put him on the sides that Geno favored. But Jamal Peters, how can he defend? Uh, against Geno Lewis and stop the the big plays that the Alouettes are going to need to win this game. I love um, that. Jamal's a big boy. Jamal's a big boy, and so is Geno. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. So I guess I kind of inst- like just did two players to watch because if you're watching Jamal Peters, you'll probably also be watching Geno Lewis. Um, yeah. Okay. I love it. Matt? Uh, oh, you have Ma- two. You have two, Tyler. You can do two. Okay. No, well, I guess I, I said by proxy, it's kind of two, right? Like, oh, yeah, like, okay. You're, like if Both you're watching Jamal Peters, you're also, yeah. Okay. All right. Matt. I will be watching William Standback. Oh, I love it. Of course. Yeah. How could you because not? Because it, it, was, it was a strange game for him where Walter Fletcher really took over early in the game and then Willie got going in the second half. I'm interested to see if that continues, uh, the, the two-back kind of scheme. Yes. Um, but I, I'm also thinking that one of the ways that Hamil- or not Hamilton, sorry, that uh, Montreal can really seal this is if Willie has a back-to-form game, you know, similar to what he did in, in that week 20. Um, so it, that's who I'll be looking at. That's kind of the the scheme that I'll be most paying attention to in this uh, in, in this game is is how uh, Montreal uses Willie Stanback and, and utilizes the run game um, against Toronto. Perfect. Matt, that is perfect because that segues excellently into my storyline. And which is, my storyline is how do the Argos oh, balance Harris bitch. and Ouellette? I've got stats for you. In nine games this season, no running back other than the starter tallied a carry. Now, in those games, you might see Curley with a carry, Banks with a carry. Obviously, you're going to have your quarterback runs. But nine times this season, only the starting quarterback or starting running back tallied a carry. The most carries that the secondary or backup running back had in a game this season was three. 
which happened on five separate occasions. I've talked about it previously. Uh, Andrew Harris quite simply does not share carries. Um, he's done his entire career only twice has a backfield mate over the uh, length of a season gotten more than 50 carries. So Harris is a dominant player. He plays every down. His receiving chops allow him to do that. But A.J. Ouellette has been, and I, I, I will say I don't think it's a particularly hard buy, or geez, a particularly high bar, but he has been the best running back in the East in the second half of the season by a large margin. He's the all-star running back from the East. If they come into this, I, I just don't see how they can totally hand the reins back over to Harris, no questions asked. But I don't know, I don't think they're equipped to balance out and give guys equal carries. It's just not in their game plan. So that is what the storyline I'm looking to see, how they handle that and how they mix both guys uh, onto the field. Tyler? My storyline is can MBT have himself a game in a game that actually matters? He is a very good game manager, but I think they need him to be more than just a pretty good game manager if they want to make an actual run at the Grey Cup. Um, He's been, I would say Toronto's had the least controversial QB or injury, like anything around the QB has been pretty stable this season. I think um, when you look at the rest of the teams, um, there has been in some form or other either issues with the quarterback because of injury or issues because of, of level of play. And I think Toronto's been the one team that's sort of, I call them, ste- I've been saying all season, they're sort of steady Eddie Toronto, right? They, yep. they, they, they don't get too high. They don't get, you've said it, they have the, they have the highest floor and one of the lower ceilings of the, of the elite teams. I have um, said that from time to time. <laughs> but, 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 to, but to win in the playoffs, you need, you need your best players uh, to play at their best. So which MB, my storyline is which MBT are we getting? Are we getting game manager MBT or are we getting game winner MBT? Um, I love that. And I hope we're getting game winner MBT. I don't, I'm, I'm not ever actively rooting for players to do bad. I, I would like good quality of play. So I'm want rooting, everybody to ball out, right? I want everyone to ball out. That, that, yeah. Just better entertainment for all of us. Um, and especially like if Saskatchewan's not in it, like, I mean, if, I mean, of course, if it was Edmonton, then you'd probably be like, you know, maybe maybe if, if MBT throws a cup of picks against Edmonton, he wouldn't hate it. But um, with no with no like uh, favorite team dog in the fight, yeah, I just want good play. So I hope he I hope he he, he and Gittens are connecting a lot. Um, talk, Gittens is the uh, you know it, what what a breakout season for Gittens. Uh, it would be oh. awesome to see him. So you admit it. Who could have? Oh, yeah. You said next year was his breakout. You admit it. He did break out this year. He did break out this year. Who could have predicted this would be his breakout season? Oh, wait. (laughs) It was me again. (laughs) Matt, let's hear your storyline of the game. Uh, My storyline was going to be the Harris roulette. I, you know, if it's me, I think you let AJ run. Oh, you got it. It's his show. But currently, I think Harris is starting. I know. It makes no... No. I don't know what they're going to do. It seems obvious that it's Ouellette's show. 
Right. That's it. That, it yeah. So if it's me, I let him run, and then you know you've all like Harris. We know is a sure bet, and if it doesn't work out, you've got Harris there. But but currently, AJ's got the momentum. He was just <laughs> named an East All Star for his position. I think you have to let him run, but it seems like they're dead set on former 2022 MVP uh, or <laughs> East All Star Andrew Harris is is going to take the, the reins. He held that crown for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it kind of reminds me of guys who like win the WWE Championship and then immediately get taken out in the ring. That's what right. the initial 22 All 2022 All Stars were. So I'll say that my um, storyline is going to be which Montreal defense is going to show up. Because this is a team that, you know, like have has allowed such feats as the most first downs. You know, the third worst, uh, oh, sorry, the second worst uh, opponent second down conversion percentage just behind Edmonton. But they've also, you know, had two interceptions last week against a strong Hamilton team. Um, so, and and they feel they've got the vibe of a good defensive team, but it doesn't really often show up actually in the stat sheet. But we're a vibes pod. We are a vibes pod. So I love that. That's a great storyline. So, I, you know, can they pressure the quarterback? Can yes. they get those interceptions? Um, because they're capable of it and when they want to turn the the jets on they sometimes can but they also statistically are a horrible defensive team i love it i love it yes okay with that being said we're going to break up this nice rhythm we have and we're going to go right to tyler first you are still first in the preds pool you probably has he nearly locked it up what are the standings I've, I'll do a. Uh, I was a only one and one last week. week. So did, did Peter go two and zero last week? No, Peter went one and one. Okay. Yeah, I That's went two and zero. That's very good. I went one and one. I've been. I, I, I will just just an aside on the on the Preds thing. Uh, and this is saying somebody is saying this in the lead for the Preds. Should we wait the playoffs heavier? No. Okay. No. You're you're you're. You do this every year, Tyler. You always throw out an idea, like after it started. No, and it's it's just it's good. It's clear. I just threw out a question. I, I asked a you question. Pr- you you predict a game. If you get the prediction right, you get a point. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell us what you think about this specific game, Tyler. I don't. I, I said at the beginning of the podcast, if Montreal plays like they did against Hamilton, they won't win the game. I think that's going to be the case, unfortunately. And I think Toronto will win the game. I simply am taking the team that I've trusted more this season. Montreal had a great surge at the end. I I think they may have ran out of juice in the surge. Trevor Harris, to me, took a step back last week. Um, I I don't know. maybe, Maybe the week, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the week off wasn't good for him. I thought he was playing really well before they, they threw all the backups in. So I, I don't know. I, I like Toronto in this game. I think Jamal Peters can shut down Gino Lewis and make... 
shut down. Now, there's one thing I will pred that no matter win or lose, Gino Lewis will be tweeting out some highlights of anything he does. So uh, look out for that uh, after the game. What? So no matter what happens, we, we can all we can all enjoy that. Gino Lewis, you have to share them. Yeah, exactly. You're allowed. You're an all star. Okay. Hey, now you're an all star. Well, let me come in because I got stats got, out. What is informing my prediction is something Tyler said, which he said about Trevor Harris taking the break. You know who's also taken a two week break. Is basically all of the Toronto starters. Now, I don't think that's going to impact the entire game. They're professionals. They've just played 17 other games. But I think it could contribute to a little bit of a sluggish start, similar to how we saw Montreal get out to an early lead against Hamilton. I think we could see them do that again against Toronto. And one of the worst positions to be in the CFL is trailing Montreal because they know how to utilize their running game. It's the theme of this episode. We are a running vibes podcast, and I think Montreal gets up early and then utilizes Stanback and Fletcher and heads to the Grey Cup. (laughs) I am going to go with... I believe that Montreal is going to win this game. But I do also think <laughs> that this is Toronto's game to lose. I think I think I think Toronto is the stronger squad, more consistent squad. Um, but I think that especially with the emergence of, of Wineke, that there that Montreal is just is just primed to yes. Make a splash. Yes. So I'm going with Montreal. I love it. I love it. All right. With that being said, we move to the Western final. IG Field, Winnipeg, Manitoba. BC is coming to town. You guys, if you thought my little breakdown in the season series between uh, Toronto and Montreal was weird, wait till you hear about how Winnipeg and BC have gotten down this year. Now, Winnipeg is 2-1 and one this season against BC, but they've really only had one real matchup all season, which was week five when Winnipeg came to BC and blew the doors off the Lions in the game of the year so far. Um, when BC won their game, of course, that's when Drew Brown started, and then when they matched up in week 21, that's when backups from both teams played the majority of snaps. So we've only got one game to draw from. And seeing as it was week five, uh, I don't know how much that informs any of our decisions. But now the table is set. Uh, Matt, begin with your player to watch. Uh, My player to watch, and I think will be uh, the deciding factor in, in this game, is James Butler. I'm picking another running back. But I think if James Butler can have a big game, that'll help BC overcome some of the challenges that they faced in uh, in this last week. I love that. I love that. Tyler? Vibita? Yes. Uh, player I am... Or what, what, sorry. Are we, are we doing player to look for? 
Play. Yeah, this is very early for me. I need to drink. I need to make coffee before this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to explain yourself. Player I'm looking forward to is James Butler. Oh. Can James Butler do anything against the Winnipeg rush defense? Because the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have a better defense than Calgary. It's just a fact. It is a they've had the best defense in the CFL for for three straight seasons. If they can't do anything with the run game, do they, does it become a, a Calgary scenario? I mean, to be fair, Calgary put themselves in that scenario, so maybe a little different. But if 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 Butler ran the ball pretty well in the last game, is he able to continue to do that? He's been very good uh, the last month of the season, especially catching the ball as well. So how are they going to utilize James Butler? Is my is my question mark? If if he's not successful running, does that mean they need to get him involved in the screen game? Just simply think to beat Winnipeg, you cannot be one-dimensional, whatever that one dimension is on offense. Be, even when Rourke was was healthy, like the, he found that to be true every time he played Winnipeg. When they tried to be one-dimensional and uh, with just him chucking it downfield, they did not win those games. So if, if they're learning from past mistakes, it's that they need to involve James Butler. And if he's, if he's not successful running, if they're having trouble getting him running lanes, then it needs to be in sort of some sort of screen screen game or some draw game or something like that i love it so i am cheating and picking two players (laughs) but they're working for a common cause my two players to watch are bc's left tackle jarell broxton and their right tackle kent perkins these gentlemen gotta spend sunday Going up against Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffco. And that's going to be the story to me. How much disruption can Jefferson and Jeffcoat cause? Um, I know Jeffcoat's dealt with injuries quite a bit this season, but all signs are pointing to him being healthy. Um, Jefferson obviously is a massive game disruptor, not simply in sacks, but tipped balls, other sorts of defense. Um, so that's the one. I felt that, you know, the Stampeders, which certainly have an incredible pass rush, obviously hit hit Rourke multiple times, sacked him four times, uh, pressured him throughout the game. BC's got to do a better job at protecting uh, Rourke. Um, obviously, Rourke is hobbled in some ways, um, so it's up to Mr. Broxton and Perkins on the tackle positions um, to protect the edges. So that's who I think is going to be a, a key contributor if BC is to win. And Matt, give us your storyline. Storyline for me is going to be how Nathan Rourke manages adversity. I, um, I really don't think that he's faced a mental or physical challenge like um, like this Winnipeg defense, um, especially in in a game of this, you know, obviously it's it's the Western Finals, right? Um, he's he's faced tough defenses. Obviously, they faced Winnipeg. We we're talking about Week Five, um, so he, he's and you know, throughout his career, he, he's no stranger to aggressive defenses. He's had a lot of game experience, but this is a huge moment for a young kid. And, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have, obviously, the experience that you would hope for. And, and, and so 
how does this guy kind of channel almost his Zach Caleros and just trudge through the adversity? You know, I think this is very similar to, um, you know, the, the Zach Caleros on the, uh, you know, in, in 2019 playing against a really strong uh, Saskatchewan defense, right? Tough game. <laughs> like the, obviously O'Shea had, O'Shea had the uh, the game plan down, and they just they just trudged along. They you know they they made it happen. That's I think going to be a lot of what Nathan Rourke's going to have to do, uh, especially if Lucky Whitehead's not back. Um, there's a lot of adversity he's going to be running up against, and and John, like you just said, he's going to be absolutely bull rushed. Yes. He's going to have maybe three seconds from when that ball moves oh. to make his decision. And get the ball out of his hands, or, or hand it off, or do what he needs to do. But there, there's not going to be a pocket. That's that's kind of. I think we can agree that there won't be a pocket for Nathan Rourke to huck from. Right. This is going to be a very fast game. He's going to have to make very quick decisions, and how he overcomes that adversity, how he stands up against that, is going to decide the game. If he is able to face up to that adversity. I do think uh, BC has a very, very, very good chance of going to the Grey Cup. I love it. I love it. Tyler, storyline? Storyline for me. Is is this the Grey Cup? Question mark? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. I will, yeah. I think we, I, I will say that the winner of this game is the, will win the Grey Cup. Is this, this is clearly game of the year so far. <laughs> I mean, we're we're running out of games of the year so far. Uh, we only we only no, have no. But it, the Grey Cup will not be better than this game. No, yeah, I think I think, I think, I think this you're may be the definitive game of the year. Okay, so this is so that okay. Maybe that is maybe this is. I'm not giving you a hot take then. This this is the storyline is this is the Grey Cup. I will say the my secondary storyline is had, Winnipeg has gotten the favor of all sorts of things like it's been div- nearly divine right they they lose they lose players the the people they replace them with are somehow better than them um andrew harris they're like you know kind of franchise guy leaves doesn't matter they have a thousand yard rusher anyway um for me the storyline is can winnipeg who's probably who's taken their foot off the gas pedal basically six weeks ago can they find can they can they find that top gear again? I love it because that's I like that. Yeah, that's, they, they were so huge. with the yes. Rourke, with the Rourke injury, BC was out of the race because of that, right? The only reason BC is not doesn't have like fourteen or fifteen wins is because of the Rourke injury. So Winnipeg was able to once he got hurt, that was their main competition for the for the division crown so once he got hurt i mean it really was like a you know kind of check in check out winnipeg played in a lot of tight games this year i would say that's the difference between this winnipeg team and like say last year's is that winnipeg was much more dominating in terms of score lines not saying they didn't they played like way better last season but their defense was was mm, i would say slightly better last season statistically speaking um and so their games ended up being you know, pretty much won before the fourth quarter. I don't think that's going to be the case in this game. 
So in that fourth quarter, when the game is not decided, is Winnipeg still have that killer instinct that they've kind of shut down for the last six weeks, or uh, do they falter to the up-and-coming uh, BC Lions? I love that. Love it. Mine is, because Matt stole mine by talking about Nathan Rourke. Mine was the, really going to be... No, no, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no shit. He talked about, like, hey, the best hey, hey. quarterback in the CFL. No, no, but because be your players to watch were, were basically about Nathan yes. Rourke. Yes. Uh, I will say, so one <laughs> Double more thing to comment on Matt is, I think, <laughs> how hurt is Nathan Rourke? Ooh. Like, so we have to hurt ask or ourselves that. He was, like, he was not... He was clearly hobbling throughout the game on Sunday. So I find that interesting. But my storyline is Winnipeg special teams versus BC special teams. Hmm. Last time these teams played in a meaningful game, I know, week five, Janarion Grant had a kick return touchdown. Grant, I think, is one of, if not the best kick returners in the league. Um, You know, now... BC's got Terry Williams doing that for them. But I think that's a clear advantage for Winnipeg, in my opinion. So can BC either rise to the occasion? Does Winnipeg not excel? Or how does that play out in general? And how does that, because I think we talk about often, how often that Winnipeg offense is playing with a short field, both because of their defense and because of their special teams. And so... A, they're good at moving the ball, but B, they don't have to move the ball that far, um, which is a huge advantage. So that's that's my take for you. That's my take. And with that being said, I guess I'm now starting off with Preds. And I'm going to pick the BC Lions. Yes, you are. Of course. Why, why would I not? Again, I'm going to use the same logic I used last Sunday for the semis. I'm going to be rooting for the Lions. So I might as well pick them. It's that simple. I'm going to be rooting for them. I, do, I want them to win. I want Nathan Rourke to play in a Grey Cup. And I don't know if we're going to have... I, I believe... This might, be the, only believe cha- this might be the only chance. You never know. I believe in him. So I want it to happen. And so I'm picking the Lions. Matt? Uh, no, it, it's not going to be the Lions. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to say, and I think lame. you know that. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the things that the things we talked about are that would tip the game in the Lions' favor are absolutely possible. The Bombers come out sluggish. Nathan Rourke is not so injured and is able to stand up to the pressure. He's got great receivers. He's got a solid front line, but. I do want to remind everyone that this is the two-time defending Grey Cup champions that locked up the number one seed in the CFL in like week seventeen. Yeah, well, they're lame. So they've just, you know, it's like we talked about when both teams were healthy and firing in week five. Winnipeg won convincingly. It has to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I just think it, if it just has to be. Throughout history, if people had an attitude like that, would the Nazis have been overthrown? Would <laughs> Abraham like have were... led 
No, I don't know. I'm not going to go any further. Tyler, t- back me up on this. I can't. Because oh, the yes. BC Lions are going to yes. win this game. Simply for the storyline I just gave you, something has to give with Winnipeg, and I think that they they were able to coast simply too much this season. I saw them play too many close games against not good teams. How do you how do you finally get? I mean, they got up for the BC games, no doubt about it. But that's when BC was healthy and the division wasn't decided. They haven't had to do that for eight weeks. Now all of a sudden you have to you got to get up and be you know dominant again. I just you, the the human brain just doesn't work like that. Uh, I, like all, we we talked about Toronto, you know. Oh, you know they, they kind of sat their starters last week. You know they, they've had basically two weeks of, of a bye, like maybe too too much rest. I feel like Winnipeg's been resting for two months. Yeah, no, they have been just <laughs> like I, I, coasting. So I just, I just, uh, I, I just, Rourke found something that in in the end of that first half and into the second half yesterday, last week, and I think that that travels well. I will say, venue matters in this case. If this was at BC, I would say BC might actually even like stomp a little bit. Nobody stomps, oh. but uh, but it being one of the seeing something I am not. Uh, yeah, we're seeing hope, Matt. Yes, um, we're seeing fun. Per- perhaps it's perhaps it's wanting it more than anything, but I, I really do think BC has has the horses to win this race. Um, I love it. I, I do I think it. that uh, I do think this is Nathan Rourke's swan song. So uh, perhaps also that is some extra motivation. Um, and also, if he's looking to, if he really is looking to move to the NFL or pursuing an NFL contract in the offseason, he needs to play well in this game. It's the best defense in the CFL. If you're an NFL scout who's looking at, at him, you're going to want to see how he performed against the best defense in, in the league, and this is it. So he's got the best. I still think that they have the best like offensive weapons in the league. I think Winnipeg has the second because I think Dalton Jones has been an absolute hoss, but uh, I do think that weapons-wise, BC has, has what they need. So I'm just want, I just want a good game. I might go over two in Preds. I don't know. I don't I know. It. I love it. <laughs> well, that is a pretty darn good summation of how we're feeling heading in. Yeah, that's yes. Yeah, it's the great. It's the great else, cup. Guys. We're so stoked for the great cup this weekend. If you have thoughts, questions, Preds of your own, tweet us. At thoughts? I'm married, John. I don't have thoughts anymore. <laughs> That is really original. <laughs> Tweet us at Shups and Preds. Email us, shupsandpreds at gmail.com. And make, you'll, sure, you, you'll make sure you vote. Make, don't forget to vote. That's over by now. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, You're in Germany, Tyler. You don't know time zones. <laughs> if we will, we will get you Peter's Preds on the graphic, don't worry about that. Um, and we will talk to you next week. That I say, a peace out. Adieu.